and he's still screwed up, but in an old guy sort of way. So my customers think he's just grumpy, not crazy. His favorite t-shirt says, guns don't kill people, I kill people. Maybe he is crazy. I wasn't sure of the time, but I was sure of the month. October. End of hurricane season, so business was picking up. Amber, who was wearing a tank top, was sipping a black coffee, surveying the crowd. The Green Parrot's regular clientele are eclectic and eccentric and mostly barefoot. The owner, Pat, is a bit crazy himself, and he tells the tourists that the parachute hanging on the ceiling is weighed down with termite turds. Amber asked, how's business? Summer was okay. September sucked. Picking up. You were going to take me for a sail in September. I did a lot of maintenance on the boat. I thought you were going to sail to Maine. I thought so, too. If you ever go, let me know. You'll need a sweater. A customer called for another, and Amber moved off. I've never actually slept with Amber, but we did go skinny dipping once off Fort Zachary Taylor. She has a butterfly tattoo on her butt. The place was starting to fill up, and I exchanged greetings with a few people. Freaks, geeks, lovable weirdos, and a few Hemingway lookalikes. He used to live here, and you can see his house for ten bucks. You can see mine for free. Bring a six-pack. Anyway, Key West's official motto is one human family. Well, they haven't met my family, and they haven't been to Afghanistan to see the rest of the human family, or like Jack to Vietnam. Or if they have, they're here, like me and Jack, to float in a sea of alcohol-induced amnesia. I've been here four years. Five is enough to forget why you came here. After that, you're not going home. But hey, it could be worse. This is paradise. Better than two tours in all fucked up a stand. Better than freezing my ass off in Maine. And definitely better than 23 Wall Street, where I worked for a year after graduating from Bowdoin College. If I'd stayed with Hamlin Equities, I'd now be dead from boredom. Instead, I was captain of the Maine and a former captain of infantry with a 50% combat disability and a quarter-million-dollar bank loan on my boat. The 50% disability is for pay purposes, and I have no physical limitations, except for house cleaning. The bank loan is a 100% pain in the ass. But when I'm out there on the sea, especially at night, I am free. I am captain of my own fate which was why I agreed to meet Carlos the Cuban, who was not interested in fishing. That much I understood from our short phone conversation. And I wouldn't be the first sea captain who got involved with these people. Well, I'd listen and see if I could make an intelligent decision, like I did when I left Wall Street and joined the army for adventure. How'd that work out, Mac? Being captain of your own fate? doesn't mean you always make good decisions. Chapter Two A well-dressed man came through the open double doors, and I knew it was Carlos. He was good-looking, maybe late thirties, with a full head of well-styled brown hair and pale skin. He wore neatly pressed beige linen slacks, Gucci loafers, and an expensive-looking polo shirt the color of my lime wedge, 
I had the impression of a man who had stood in his air-conditioned walk-in closet this morning, trying to figure out what to wear to Key West to blend in. Unfortunately, he failed. But no one here is judgmental. And in fact, some of the gay clientele seemed intrigued. I'd chosen to dress up a bit for the meeting, and I wore clean jeans, boat shoes instead of flip-flops, and a designer t-shirt that said, Designer T-shirt. I knew Carlos hadn't picked me out of the yellow pages, so he knew something about me, and he'd determined that Daniel Graham McCormick might want to work for him. Well, maybe I did, but I damn sure wasn't going to make a midnight run to Cuba. Carlos spotted me at the bar and walked toward me. He put out his hand. Carlos. Mac. We shook. Thank you for meeting me. When someone thanks me for meeting him, he has something.